Holy shit. Are y'all both there? Nick I'm here. here. And the <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's, it works. motherfuckers. <laughs> Is that the How first time doing? with the with the three way add on or what? Dude, we're on three way like in like in seventh grade right now. You don't have to deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, we finished that last conversation and kind of left off with like we got to get Nick involved because a lot of the conversation revolved around like circling back to something with Nick, Nick in the conversation. So I feel like this whole episode or this second part should be kind of tying Nick in a lot of those stories. Cause I feel like where I left off, he can pick up and kind of take over, you know? Yeah. You know, like, um, again, Nick, we were talking about basically about how it all started, like how, how you guys started it out and pretty much like you used to do the, like a lot of people don't know you were involved with scribble too. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I own scribble jam. So that was definitely, you know, I was in it for the graffiti, but then with the with the DJ Mr. Dibbs here in town, he, he searched us down and wanted to have a silly little hip hop event with break dancers and DJs and MCs and of course graffiti. So back in '96, right around the same time when it seemed like we were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yep. uh, that was a heavy time for all that because you know, a lot of people weren't expecting it to collide like that. You know, I think a lot of people thought you know street skating and hip-hop and all that shit. I think they thought it was going to be a fad. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, like, a lot of people like, oh, man, the baggy clothes and all that shit. People just thought it was going to be a fad and it blew up, man. And um, what, what made you take a... I don't know, man. That's like a... That's not a weird jump, you know, if you think about it, from scribble to uh, doing skateboard shit. It's kind of always been the same thing. You know, yeah, most yeah. of my friends did graffiti. Most of my friends rap. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, it was always skateboarding, right, for me since the 80s, so... It, it just happened to be that I was doing graffiti on the side and then realized one of the guys I was skating with, you know, in the early 90s was doing graffiti too and we weren't telling each other because it was kind of embarrassing, you know, at skateboards, like picking up something weird like that and then we just started doing both together, just skating and doing graffiti together and then it kind of just started working out where we started traveling so much and taking photos of graffiti all, that, all over the U.S. since we were traveling for skateboarding. Kind of just turned into our scribbled magazine which was just a graffiti documenting graffiti around the U.S. Mostly started to be Europe once it got bigger, and then you know with our with our traveling and skating, it kind of just worked out together. You know what's crazy about uh, graffiti that you say that is um, in the old. I mean, I'm sure you saw in all the old world videos with Twenty Shot. In the Twenty Shot, we were all giving shouts out to our graffiti crews. Like we go back and look at the credits on that. And like um, I used to yeah 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 I used to hang her. Yeah, I used to hang with these dudes, CTC, and uh, I remember, I don't know if you know C's, Nino, he's from down in Florida, but that was, uh, that was one of my buddies I grew up skating with, actually, and he was the one that, you know, he was the one that put us all on to scribble, me, Ryan Coleman, like, but Ryan and all those guys were a lot more really in tune with the uh, graffiti thing. They were big skaters, but they were super in tune with graffiti, so I had known about that a bit, a bit before I met you, but I didn't know that was you. Another thing, Nick. I always tell people this. You gave me the Eminem shit before Eminem was Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we were famous. Kind of, it's kind of sad, but that's our that's our claim to fame. Is Eminem was in our rap battle, and 
before he became the real Eminem and got signed to Dre's label and blew up like six months prior. He just came from Detroit randomly and was an MC battle. That's and crazy. I do got, I do, I, it, 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 a little guilty piece of me I have to say is when we were editing the videos, uh, Joe Castrucci over with Habitat, he used to edit my Scribble Jam videos because I didn't know how to edit videos then. Um, I remember watching Eminem holding this 40-ounce bottle. I hated his style. I hated him. And I was like, do not put this dude in. This dude is horrible. And it ended up being Eminem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's WCRP. <laughs> it was funny because I remember being at that show and I don't even remember anything about Eminem because I don't think he called himself Eminem back then, though, right? No, he did. Right? He, did. He, he was using Slim Shady. He, he was going at all. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Yep, he's going to get that juice, that juice uh, rapper from L.A. Wake Up Show. He's like one of the best, supposedly, at that moment, and he had traveled out here for it too. So those two were going at it. Yeah, I remember, that was a heavy thing back then. Didn't Juice Juice wrote uh, Summertime, right? Well, no, what was it? What Juice wrote something hit after that? But um, obviously Eminem went on to be Eminem. I remember you gave me that fax. I played it at one of the first Tampa contests. And um, I was just like, yeah, this is some dude. Like, I didn't know it was. I had in my <laughs> shit. And I was like, yeah, man, some dude. And then later on, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, so um, I just wanted I wanted to really tap in with you about, you know, everything about strength and, like, how you guys came, yeah. came with the whole concept. And, you know, what, you know, because there was nothing like that. You know, like, there was, before that, there was, I was telling Aaron that, the closest thing to what you guys were doing, you know, is uh, is Power Edge. You know, nobody was doing nothing like that. Nobody was giving everybody shine. And, you know, a lot of the magazines are it's real political. It's always been real political. You guys were like, you guys are giving shine to people and places that weren't getting a lot of shine. And it was blowing up really, really quickly. And um, I, I don't know, man, it, was just, it wasn't a crazy thing to come out of the Midwest because a lot of good skaters came out of the Midwest. But, you know, what made you want to start a publication out of the Midwest? Were you just sick of people not getting shine out there? I mean, we actually kind of fell into it. So, I mean, I, I give it, I give most everything to Hoover, to Eric Woolham, to Joel Borzak. Those guys were kind of the ones. There was one guy here, a bunch of money, uh, Strike Force 2000, 3000, what the hell do we call him? I forget. But um, he basically had all the money. He had a vision for extreme, you know, and that's why the first strength had some silly rock mountain stuff. But somehow when he, he discovered Hoover and Woolham and Throat Horzak, they actually knew how to design and put stuff together. And, again, they were green as hell too. But it kind of gave that more of that Midwest flavor where, where we love everybody. We love East Coast, West Coast. And then, you know, hopefully people in the Midwest got in there a little bit. But for the most part – I'd give it to, you know, Hoover and them, because they handed it down to me years later when they actually moved out west and left us here in the Midwest. Um, that's when, <laughs> that, that's, they went to go make it big and have a real skateboard life, and we got to stay here in the Midwest. It's crazy, man. So, uh, yo, Nick, you, we were talking about the uh, – <laughs> I guess I had told – Red and I wouldn't take a photo with them or something. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That is, that's probably one of my favorite stories I still have today. And I wish I could, I was going to try to dig that photo up to show you how shitty of a photo I shot of you, but yeah. it was. I, re, I remember that night. And, and again, I was like a tag along photographer. Randall was really the real photographer. I was just, you know, I was, I was taking more artsy, artsy photos and just skateboarding happened to be the coolest thing to shoot. But I was really just, oh, I can do it. And I love taking photos and I kind of know what I'm doing with these flashes. So we shot that photo because the night before you got pissed at Rada and just stared at him and was like, you are not taking another photo of me this entire tour. <laughs> Fat Nick is taking every photo. And I remember sitting in the corner like, oh, shit. I don't, I don't, I don't think he realizes I'm not that good. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what Rada, uh did. That's funny. That's hilarious. I wonder what Retta did to piss me off. Me and Retta used to go at it so much, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of like a joke, half jokingly and half half not type of thing. I think you know. I yeah, we were always cool, man. But me and that dude, yeah. were and I remember like it was around 2004 or something. They put us back on tour, and it was like, oh, like no one even knew what they were getting into. You know, they. It's like, it was like me, him, Daryl, Angle, like a bunch of bunch of like random people. We all went to, uh, I think we went to like Texas, and me and Reddy were just. Fucking cut. Now, I think that's the issue we did, the racist test. He was the one that helped the racist test and Big Brother, and it was like most of the jokes were his jokes. That's amazing. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's, you know, that on that tour, I was kind of like, I could take photos, and it was before digital, so I was still kind of just shooting and hoping and guessing and you know, I didn't have the fancy, you know, equipment that Retta had. I had a couple shitty slave flashes, and I had a couple, uh, you know, different lenses. And, you know, I could shoot the right angles. It was just more of just making my equipment technically work right. And that photo, it was right there by the cube, where the cube used to be in New York. And you were all in that fence. I don't know if you remember that one. but Oh, I yeah, remember. I do remember that. Yeah, it was right by the Starbucks or some coffee shop, and it was off a ledge with a black fence right above it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually right next to Aster, I want to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that terrible. I remember that terrible clip. I was, I just wanted to get a, a flick. God, man, that was. I hated them days. You <laughs> <laughs> feel like you gotta get something. Like it's just out. Like I'm a, I'm almost impaling myself on this fence for no, just an ollie. <laughs> you probably kick flipped it the next week or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> The worst thing in the world, man. So, what have you been up to? What have you been up to the last? Shit, man, I haven't seen you in probably like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean during that time was right around where I had the skate shop too, called Anonymous. I don't know if you knew that, but my brother, older brother, and myself had a skate shop called uh, um, Anonymous. Okay. That Tony, that Tony Heights, you might remember him, um, but he got out of the picture early on. It was just my brother and myself for like the next twelve years, thirteen years. And, uh, you know, it was cool. It was more for fun, never made a damn dime. But, you know, basically brother, my brother was the accountant and I was the artsy dude and it, it kind of worked out. So we had a lot of fun with that over those years. So that kept me, you know, traveling with everybody. They like the Gary Collins and Kokomo Joe's. And, you know, was but that, was, that, was, that was after the, that was after, like when you started the shop, that was way after Strength Up, right? Well, I mean, we started it at, in 2000 for the shop. So it was still dirty. No, because I was taking product and selling it at the shop from strength. 
Well, that was the coolest <laughs> thing with strength was everybody send all that crap, all the skateboard stuff. So I'd be taking that stuff and selling it through the shop. But you went through like the big brother transition, right? You were yeah. part of that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's. So, yeah. So that's, that was the was asked me a little bit about that. But that was like after my time. And that's when he was like, we need to talk uh-huh. to Nick because Nick knows more about like when that, I mean, that whole acquisition yeah. and all. So you, so you got to kind of break yeah. that down a little bit. So I, so I actually, so Matt Deke was still kind of there. That Eric, um, oh, damn it, what's his Stricker. name? Stricker. 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 Eric Stricker. So we were all boys, right? Eric Stricker actually moved to Cincinnati to work at Strength. And for some reason, decided from not Chicago, to right? From yeah. Chicago, moved here. Yeah. I didn't know him. I never met him. Didn't have a car and expected me to pick him up every day. And I was just kidding, <laughs> boys. But I just remember the first like two weeks. I was like, dude, how do you expect me just to pick you up? Like, I don't know you. And uh, but I did pick him up every yeah. day. We, you know. And then uh, Mike Montgomery, and there were a couple other guys, a couple people that didn't even skateboard. And then the one guy who actually did the sales. Oh, man, I forget his name, but he was more from a fraternity. I mean, he came in and just talked about the craziest girl sex stuff you'd ever hear and the wildest stories from his fraternity days, and we'd all just be sitting there like, man, this guy's out of his mind. But when CCS bought it, and that's where it started, CCS was buying it, and that's when they were moving it out to California. And I came in one day, and all these idiots are trying to do a coup d'etat, like, we're going to take over this. We're doing a coup. We're, we're, they can't do it without us. If, if, if I don't come, then the magazine's going to fold. And I'm, my other friend, Mike Montgomery, who was smarter, was just like, we went outside. We're like, what are these idiots talking about? They're just going to fire us all and go hire California people. Later on, that was like after, I didn't really know. I kind of knew from the outside just knowing people that still work there. But I didn't know. Yeah. That's why like, Nick went through that whole thing, and I wasn't, wasn't a part of it. Yeah, I think it, it also comes down to just there wasn't a lot of love for the owner. So everybody was kind of a party, you know, was together, but except the owner was out. Crazy to think back on, you know, there's so many dudes that snuck in, snuck out like yeah. that. You're like, yeah, really? what happened? Like some dude owned something and everyone worked for him and it was like so overprotected to do. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's the money guy. And it's like, that shit's just weird, man. It's weird to think that now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, on one side, it was skating with super core. You know, when I, on the other side, there was like some, oh, cool, this guy's got a little buddy, like, fuck it. You know, and I think everyone was guilty. Everyone was guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no one really saw money like that. You know, like, we were all kind of kids and shit. You know, somebody's throwing, like, you're making five, six hundred bucks a month. Someone's like, yeah, I'll give you a grand. You're like, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely that time. Yeah. That was definitely that time because that's when we I graduated college and. I moved over right after strike. I moved over after college over to, or I guess that was all prior, but why strike was still going on. And I didn't realize all the UK people, they were super into it. All the guys at home palace and that now, like they had the skate shop called side over in London. And, um, you know, they were kind of doing a lot over there and, uh, they were super hyped on strength. And I, that, that stuff was definitely cool to see how many people were hyped on it. Cause I knew the, the blood and sweat and tears of it was definitely coming from like Aaron Hoover and Woolum and, and more of the core skateboard world. Yeah. But know. that was when we were doing, that's when we were doing unity tour. That's when it was like really genuine, you know, and I, I think it tried to stay that way, but there was, once you get the bigger companies involved and the, the money is a, you know, changes things a little bit, you know, because that's when we brought, Nick, that's when we brought you in, that's when we went on the tour, that's like, those were like, 
core, like not core ideas, but just genuine skateboard ideas, just to get people together to do cool things. You know. Yeah, and like I don't think you know the the, the guys with the money, they couldn't do that. You know, like. They couldn't. They were. They wouldn't be able to do things like that. You know, like that's like that's some serious skate skate shit. You know, like even a lot of the bigger magazines, they weren't really trying to do that. You know, they were more focused on advertising and shit like that. Yeah. You know, right. Right. and getting people out there and showing more people. So you know, there's a lot to be said. A lot of people don't think about strength. Like you know, that, not that they don't think about it, but it's like just in that in that full you know that full scope. It's like for what it did for skateboarding and, like, the culture of skateboarding, man. Like, there's a lot of dudes that, like, you know, like, Amari's Keys and, you know, like, Jamal and, like, Larry Robbie came, like, a lot of people you just wouldn't really see a lot of in magazines. And, you know, you start seeing them pop up on Unity Tour. You start seeing them pop up in ads in your magazine. And that's dope. You know, it's like for you guys to have that that lane to give to people and not to, you know, not to, not to be too hoity-toity and not to step outside of that line. I mean, there's something to be. That's something special, man. You know, like there was only two magazines like that in skateboarding: it was you guys and Power Edge, and, and it's and that's like that's just special. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you kind of acknowledge it like that because when we like I was talking to you on the, the part one of this where we were talking about like it's cool to see your view and your like sort of like how how you saw it from the outside because we could only see it from the inside. We were only trying to, like, create this cool thing that we thought was cool, but we didn't know that other people had their own impression of it, which, how you explain it, it's really cool to see. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't, I've never heard anyone say anything, like, other than, like, yo, that was a dope mag, you know, and, like, that you don't hear people say a lot. You know, you don't hear majority stuff like that with skateboarding. Skateboarding is very finicky. You know, skateboarding can be, like, like the chick Mean Girls. Like the movie means yeah, sensitive, real yeah, sensitive, you know, and it's like because you guys, you guys gave something that wasn't there, and I, a lot of people weren't expecting it. You know, I think it was way above, it was well past people's scope because they thought the culture was just California, you know, and just like you know, because we were all out there making the videos and doing a bunch of shit, and the East Coast wasn't blowing up like that, you know, and, and a lot of Midwest wasn't blowing up like that, you know, a lot of those guys had to go out west and get down with those companies and. They didn't have an outlet, you know, and so, you know, a lot of guys came up from that magazine. She's still know up to this day, Gary Collins and the Joes. You still know those dudes. That's dope. Yeah. It's WCRP. The Unity Tour. People still talk about the Unity Tour, and, like, to me, that's, like, that's where, that's where King of the Road comes from. That, that is a Unity Tour. It's like, that literally is it. That's like, it's kind of like, it's dope as shit. Don't get me wrong, but it's 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 like the same thing. It's like the good value version of the Unity Tour, which is awesomeness. But I don't think that they're paying a nod to it like that. But when I see that, I see that, you know, I see the stuff that branches off from what you guys did. Because I know skateboard. I know skateboard culture. You know, you see stuff, you're like, oh, that's, that's that reminds me of that. You know, and like, then you're like, oh, that was dope. You know, like, you don't hear people talking about, like, some other weird tour. You don't hear people talk about the Swatch tour still. Not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm like, it was dope, but you don't hear people like, man, that Swatch tour was dope. They're just like, yeah, there was some ramp in the mall. But it's like, you hear people talking about the Unity tour and, like, you know, the cats from the Unity tour and what came of that. You know, like, you guys did all the, 
fucking like wee boys. Like, you guys did some cool shit, man. You know, like, you should hold your head high. That's dope. Like, you, and, and you know what's even better? You didn't come back and make it corny. That's what's dope. We That's try, what's yeah, dope. we try to keep it as, as authentic as possible, for sure, you know? Yeah, man. And so you just, could, I mean, there's a fine line. Like, we knew we knew the difference between, like, what we knew was corny and what wasn't. We tried to make it as genuine as possible, you know, just skateboard-related, you know? You know, skateboarders dug it. That's, that's, you know, that's the yeah. meat bones of it, right? That's what you want, you know? Like, you ain't going to hear the average cat talking about that. You're going to hear the skater talk about it. And that's, that's special, dude. I have a question for you, Nick. Um, how do you feel about uh, if skaters want to get their old pictures? How do, how do you feel about that, you being an overtime? Oh, I, I love it. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I appreciate it, especially it usually means that that's the one they remember. So I do like that. That's the part I like. And I got all the crap in the basement. It's all sitting in my boxes, like, one day I'm ever going to do anything with. The kids will probably just throw the shit away. But it's down there, and I've had a couple people reach out to me, so I always, whatever I can do, and if I find them, or I'll randomly go down and send them out to people. Well, no, definitely. I, I, I don't mind that one bit. Yeah, it's, uh, I've been uh, having some, like, some issues here and there, getting photos and videos, and it's just like, I kind of understand it, but then not really. But then to me, it's just like, uh, just go skate. Like, they're, like, people aren't giving them up because time-consuming or because they should be paid? I, I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I don't know the dichotomy. I don't know how people think about it. I don't know what people's heads are with that, you know. But, you know, the way I think, I'm like, you know, it's almost kind of a mutual thing. It's like, dude, like, you're you're going out there. You're risking yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're risking yourself. And so, you know, the appreciation should go back. But I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I agree I, with you there. That's what I agree yeah. with. I agree with the fact that, it's your fault. I shot it of you. Like, it ain't my goddamn photo. Like, I shot it of <laughs> you. It's, you're like, doing the damn trick. So if, I, yeah, if you want me to go like, find the damn thing, sure, I'll be pissed, maybe. I got, but I'm going to dig through the archives to try to find the damn thing. There's no reason yeah, not to. It's, it's, it's just a weird thing. It's almost like at times you just, you know, like I just almost like just have given up asking people, which is sad in itself. You know, it's, it's really yeah. weird to think. But um, I was talking to my girl about this the other day. And I was like, oh, shit, I got a photographer on the phone. Maybe I can ask him, you know, what he thinks about it. It's no knock to any photographers. I understand. I understand both sides. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't get it. You don't get it. Shit, look on Pinterest. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, though, from, like, looking at it on both sides, it should be sort of a mutual thing. Like, if you're taking a photo of someone, like, yeah, I get it. You're the photographer. But without the skater, there's no photo, right? So I feel like there should be some sort of, like, mutual agreement like yeah let me let me get that photo let me have it we know you shot it like let me let me have it too though you know like just for yeah. your like sort of keepsakes you know and even I now was chalking. It, I, and I, even, I, I, go ahead i'd chalk it up to the problem is you probably shot with a lot of big wigs so there's a lot of people out there that you shot with that you might be asking or like god damn it don't, i don't want to go do that <laughs> that's the difference <laughs> i'm kind of like oh yeah I I even think on the uh, on that same token that it's like, you know, it's uh, it's it's even for a lot of older guys, not myself. Like I'm not rich by any means, you know. But 
some of those guys could be using those photos to, like, you know, to do some shit with. You know what I'm saying? It could be anyone. It could be anyone older. Like, you know, get that man's old photo. Like, don't sell a print. Like, let that dude do a board or some shit with it. You know? I was talking to a buddy today, kind of unrelated, but I... <laughs> I, uh, I was, maybe someone sent it to me. It was Paul Schmidt talking about, uh, you know, doing 93 boards and something. And, uh, <laughs> Ron Allen just jumped up in there like, hey, man, that's cool and all, but why don't you tell the story about why you didn't call me back for 30 weeks about doing my boards? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, Ron Allen don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm pretty sure that dude ain't getting his boards now. Yeah. Okay. Um, unless there's anything else you guys really want to cover or talk about, you know, I, I, so, I, I will say something really quick, Clyde. I will yeah. say that big congrats on this because this whole podcast thing and how how consistent you are in doing this and posting them and like driving a little bit of like eyes to this, it's really cool. Like I think you're doing a great job from the outside looking in. Thank you. Thank you. It's because uh, I know it's not easy. I know it takes like focus and dedication and like you know, commitment to keep these going and then like edit them and coordinate them and do it all. Like I understand. Like I, I've talked to some friends that have tried to work on podcasts and you know had the ideas and but you to actually like pull it off and get them together. I know those. T- it's. I mean, look how long this took between part one, and part two. You know, I like, guess to get everything organized. Yeah, not easy. So, tip the hat, my friend. Tip the hat. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And um, you know, one thing I did is, uh, which, which worked out for me. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm kind of an idiot savant. I do things completely backwards. So I had like, I had everything mapped out before I did it. And so with that, other things just kind of fell into place. You know, so I had kind of extra pieces to the puzzle just for the first season. You know, like I was. I had 20, I think I had 23 names. And I was like, oh, cool, this would be a cool first season. And I was like, fuck, that's enough for like a year. And I wasn't even thinking. And uh, and so it just kept, you know, it just kept going. And to me, it's like, it gives me something to do because I don't drink anymore, can't skate every day. And uh, this is, you know, this yeah, is Yeah, between uh, this and all the cooking and like the cooking events and like the, the traveling that you've been doing, you know, it's it's a lot. I know. I get it. Totally get it. It's gonna it's gonna pay off, you know, and uh, you know it already is paying off. You know, I get to talk to you guys. Well, this this kind of shit stokes me out. You know what I mean? Like, like I can sit down. Like I was listening to Mike York. I get, even your first interview, man. I was like, I can listen to this kind of shit all day. Like I love talking yeah. shit and listening yeah, to. For sure. You know, I wouldn't be able to do it without guys like you. So thank you, man. This is this is great. You know, a lot of people don't. I think it'd be great to uh, get people in on the history of strength and you know get them get them in their Googles getting to checking out stuff and looking at stuff and that'd be awesome if we can get some of the old videos up too man like all the old unity stuff and that'd be oh, sick. Oh I know I wish I could get my hands oh, on what? that stuff. We had so much footage. I mean that was basically my role to film a lot of that and bring it back to edit it and put like video stuff together because if YouTube and Instagram and like the social media outlets that we have now were back then, we would have had so much stuff going on, you know. But Dude. In a way, it's almost like a time capsule back then now. You know, it's just when you can find those those gems of those clips or those the, the photos, you know, whatever, it makes them that much more special, you know. Yeah, I think it's really cool to, like, you know, like some of those old IG accounts that, you know, that have some. Oh, yeah. I think it's like, oh, I yeah. love, 
man. You know, it's like, like, like I like, you know what I mean? Like you're like a skate nerd like me. I'm like, man, I love watching that stuff. It just puts me back in this, you know, like, like a little time capsule, like you said. And it's, uh, I think it's really awesome that people are still holding on and finding that stuff. And, you know, there's another one I've just found recently. I think it's called like 45 RPM Vintage. Pretty sure that's yeah. it. He does. I'll like to check it out. He does like a ton of uh, old uh, old skate stuff. Super cool though, like like really old like comic books and from like the sixties and seventies. Like super oh, wow, like, dude, it's so awesome, man. Like, and I don't know, like, if you're like skate nerd like me, I love that kind of stuff. He has like all these old pictures of like dudes like well before Tony Alvin. And I'm like, yo, that's dope as shit. You know, like like to me, I'm like, yo, that's I still love skateboarding. I still love reading and watching yeah. stuff like that. You know, you have to check it yeah. out. Like, that'd be really, you know, check it out, man. It's got some cool stuff in there. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. I love it. You got any? Uh, you got any shout outs? You wanna? You know, I'm sorry we ain't leaving you in the background here. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. No, I mean, you know, other than you know, Matt Deke, who helped me along because I was just a skate nerd. He was he knew about skateboarding, so he, uh, you know, it was kind of my teammate along with this Mike McCummy and Eric Stricker, like. You know, those guys are the ones that kind of helped me out with strength. And, you know, even that Mike Montgomery, it was funny. I didn't even know this guy. He's, a, he's an incredible musician to play everything in the world. Has his own recording studio today, so that's cool. And he uh, came in as a writer, basically told him to oil up one of the girls in a photo shoot, and he threw the oil bo- bottle back at me, and we became best friends from that, <laughs> things like that. Like, man, I've got, like, tons of those type of memories from the strike days for sure. And I just uh, I just texted you a, a photo of Riff, and that was one of our that was the other things I remember from that tour is where he's doing that three flip at that skate park. I remember you and I were doing three flips to fake you, and he came over to join in, and you told him to leave. So I didn't know how he got that photo. Good times, though, man, and um, I definitely thank you guys. But thank you guys for all that you did. Seriously, thank you for the Unity tour. I still talk about it to this day. Thank you guys. You guys, did, you guys did a lot for me. You don't know that, so that was fun. That was fun. That had it equal equally. I mean, you you were a part of that too. So thanks. I really yeah, tributes for sure. Yeah, you guys gave me a lot of room to do some stuff in our in strength too. So thank you, man. You know, like a lot of people know, like I was writing for you guys back then, and it's cool. You know, it's, I think I think it's awesome to catch up with people, and you know, this is the reason I wanted to do the podcast is the. You know, shine light on these kind of things and talk to my friends from back then and go over old misadventures and all kinds of good stories and shit. And this is cool, man. This is awesome. This is exactly what I want it to be. Ah,